loving me I loving you Mothers and fathers Husbands and wives Sisters and brothers Friends for life Won't live in the past All I wanna do now Is making it last It's time for another conversation Welcome to Make It Last Podcast Where it's all about helping us to have better relationships Not just with ourselves But with other people We're talking with Dr. Stephen McGregor who is based in Barcelona, Spain, and he's the author of The Daily Reset. Welcome, Stephen. Hi, Noreen. Lovely to join you today. So we're going to be talking about how can we foster a supportive work culture. And I think specifically for this topic, a lot of us, even with the fact that for for an extended period throughout the pandemic, a lot of us work from home. But the reality is that work takes up a big chunk of our lives, big chunk. So I believe this is is a very important topic to be talking about. So how can we foster a supportive work culture? Yeah, I mean, it's hugely important, um, as you mentioned, also with the context of the pandemic. Um, There's a couple of elements I think are important. you know, first of all, I think that there has to be uh, a greater empathy that we that we have with other people, um, and and I think that's understanding what's going on in each of our individual contexts. So I think the pandemic was actually quite good for that in a way because we were working from home, but then we have you know frequent video calls, and mm-hmm. and on those video calls you're you're seeing the background of people. People have been very vulnerable. You're seeing mm-hmm. kids screaming in the background you're uh you're you're seeing animals and pets running around you're you're hearing noise from outside mm-hmm. you're maybe just seeing the pressure that people are feeling being in their home trying to do work and dealing with all the pressures that they have in their lives so i think that was good and, and we saw that even with with leaders so we saw the human face of everyone within the organization so mm. We, we, we saw below the surface, I think, behind the curtain, let's say, Noreen, and I That's hope true. that for most people, that allows them to, to improve their empathy and understanding of others. I think that is absolutely a critical element. And maybe just one other to add, and then we can continue on that, of course, mm-hmm. is the importance of developing friendships and relationships at work. Mm. Um, and I think even for my own career over the years, um, you know, at the beginning, I was super focused on my career and just results. And yeah, I would, you know, I, I would be social, but I, I didn't maybe value or, or place enough values I should have on building these friendships uh, and, and, and relationships at work. There's, there's so much in that. And even some of the cases that I'm talking to clients through the pandemic, you know, you could say that the, the, the young parents were under the most pressure. Um, but what, what we found with talking to different organizations was that it was the young, uh, the younger staff, so the kind of mm. early 20s, whose social lives also were very much integrated within the workplace. So when the office closed, their social life closed as well, and, and they didn't have these friendships. So there was even cases whereby when the office was still quarantined, these some of these people would get together and hire and pay with their own money a co-working space 
to do their job. They don't want to be at mm -hmm. home. They're often Hello. flat sharing. They're often on a bed. It's a non-ideal living quarters for some of these this generation. Mm -hmm. So they would go and they would be with their friends and colleagues, right? So sometimes it's a double-edged sword, but I think friendships and mm -hmm. relationships at work also hugely important with empathy. I think I would highlight those two to start. Okay, okay. Let, let, let's go back a bit then to the whole idea of, of, of empathy and being empathetic. Hmm. This is something that you think can develop over time or you think this is just something that people just naturally you know, a empathetic, a bit of both. Okay, how so? There's a bit of both. They're like, you know, some of the work that we've done in my background is in design. And so mm -hmm. as a designer, empathy with the end user is one of the things that you learn. It's a, it's a skill. Okay. So you learn to observe. You, you learn to pay attention to what we call a, a pain points or pressure points in an experience. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and I try to bring that into the workplace also in some of my teaching with, with leadership in particular, because leaders absolutely need to show empathy. Um, and, and so you can develop that as a skill. We have natural inclination, mm -hmm. absolutely, individuals. But you also get different instruments, like, for example, the Toronto Empathy Questionnaire, which Google used for self-reported uh, empathy. And if you read that questionnaire, it's 16 questions. You know, you answer that, you answer it truthfully, and you get and you get a, a score. And mm -hmm. the, the academics behind the instruments say that, you know, there may be an assumption, for example, that women are more naturally empathetic than mm -hmm. men. That's not the case. But even just being exposed to that language is normalizing the vocabulary of empathy, I think can lead us all to just paying more attention to other people so you know i would like to think that yes we can train that and we can all become more empathetic okay okay so so let's shift a little bit of whole idea of friendships at work because there are a lot of persons with the mindset that you know work is a professional space so i must remain professional and 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 if if i if the whole idea of friendship it may impact on the level of professionalism or maybe even productivity. Yep, yep. Look, I think for me, the, the bigger danger is, is vulnerability. You know, there's mm. a lot of um, talk in the last few years of the importance of belonging at work, psychological safety. You know, high performance comes from greater psychological safety. So we can't get um. that productivity, that high performance unless we feel safe and safety comes from showing your whole self. It comes from mm. vulnerability. It comes from sharing your weaknesses. So there has to be in some way, a leap of faith to take that chance. Mm. Uh, and, and if you take that chance and if it's repaid, if it's repaid, that's the thing that's important. If it's repaid in good faith, then you get to that high performance productivity. The danger, if I go back to the danger, mm -hmm. is that there could be people within the workplace who have an agenda, who yes. will try and exploit any weakness that someone shows. But So it's going to have to be a gradual process if someone mm -hmm. is, is up for, you know, bringing their whole self to work, right? And, and you would like to think that if you're in a culture that is supportive, we're talking about support of workplaces, then 
you know, people who do exploit that situation are absolutely going to be in the minority. Yes. And sooner or later, they will be thrown out, right? And, and little by little, hopefully, we should develop that supportive, caring workplace culture. And if that's the case, absolutely. Bring your whole self, mm-hmm. bring your emotions to work, uh, and, and, and move forward through failure, move forward through learning together, and move forward through those relationships. Okay, okay. So we've touched on empathy and, and the whole idea of friendships at work. What else would you like to share? What else? Um, look, I think, you know, leadership, if I just go back to that and focus on that, mm-hmm. it's, it's about authenticity and leadership. It's about role modeling, I think, is hugely important. So many organizations may have policy, they may have leaders who are saying that this is what we want in a culture, and their behavior doesn't support that in any way. So I think that's hugely important. And, you know, some sometimes there's no bad intent from a leader. It's just, you know, and especially during the pandemic, leaders also, people who had teams, they had the same issues as, as, as anyone in terms of home environment, working from home, pandemic, workload, overwhelm, stress, all the uncertainty, anything, right? But then they had the additional pressure of leading everyone else through these mm-hmm. same issues. And and mm. in many ways, a lot of the leaders, they're not skilled in doing this. They were never prepared for the working context of the pandemic. So, you know, in a way, we have to give them a break. Mm-hmm. But more now than ever, they have to be very aware of the behaviours that they are showcasing to the rest of the workforce, especially if we still have a degree of working from home. Because when you're working from home, you're the way that you measure your work experience is 100% on your interactions with your boss and with your colleagues. It's not about your commute. It's not about the offices. It's not about mm-hmm. the lunch the lunch that you had in the canteen. It's not about you know uh, any part of the building or the real estate of, of the company. It's about your interactions with your, with your co-workers. And so there has to be more pressure on that. So I think the, the role of, of leadership and, and behavior and mm-hmm. role modeling behavior is hugely important as well. We're talking about a space where that is where we spend the bulk of our time. A supportive work culture. Are you helping to foster that in your workplace? We're going to continue the conversation after this short break with a word from our partners. Are you struggling to become an effective communicator? Let Noreen Daly, the communications specialist, get you there. Services include communications consultancy, one-on-one coaching, public speaking and debate training, leadership and team building sessions, plus much more. Visit NoreenDaly.com for more info. Noreen Daly, redefining the way you communicate. So... The whole idea of a branding strategy sounded so exotic and so fancy to me. But after having several conversations with Neon, I now have a clearer understanding. I am sure of what my identity is, what it is that I want people to see Noreen Daily as. Thanks, Neon. Thanks, Splint. Visit them at wearesplint.com. Are you looking for one-of-a-kind products customized to suit your needs? Then shop at Trending Things, the place where customization is always an option. From personalized gifts to apparel, accessories, drinkware, and home decor, you name it, we make it. Get your favorite designs on any item for party favors, weddings, graduations, or any special occasion, all at affordable prices. 
what are you waiting for? Visit our website at trendingtips.com to order your trending item today. Trending Tips, bringing creativity to the things you love. For some, work is a bother. For some, work continues to be a pleasure. Let's continue the conversation. You mentioned the whole idea of being authentic, and I'm noticing that that is something that, that's popping up in a lot of the literature these days, now dealing with leadership. Now, do you think, to a large degree, expecting that type of leadership can be difficult in certain cultures? And I'll tell you what I mean. I live in Jamaica, and to a large degree, there, there, there's several, several things that we've taken from the British culture. And one of them is this whole idea of being very formal in the workplace and even at school. So because of that, there are a lot of people who think, if you're in charge of me, I can't necessarily, unless, unless we probably have a relationship otherwise, but if you're in charge of me, there's a disconnect because you're here and I'm here. So for, for, for the person who I see as being up here, it might be a little difficult for them to make that switch to being really vulnerable and authentic and for me it might be difficult for me to even see them that way so how then do we you know bridge that gap so to speak you know great question great question i don't think it's easy to answer um you know absolutely we have to be respective of the way things were done Okay. Uh, because if there is too much of a disruptive change mm -hmm. in behaviour, that can be very disorienting for for people as well. And and there could be that perception that this isn't you know this person isn't being authentic. I don't really trust what's going on here. Right? They feel that the the, the rug is being pulled out from underneath them. So it's then just by that by that logic, it's just taking things a step at a time and not going too hard too fast. You know, I think in general we are always changing the way we do things right and, and the way that we work also is changing you know the pandemic accelerated many of those changes um, you know flatter hierarchy structure uh, more autonomy um, more empowerment for people mm -hmm. um, and, and depending on the culture that goes faster or less fast but it's still moving and, and so depending on the context, it could be, okay, do I take this just a little step at a time or do I push it a little bit harder, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with pushing it a little bit harder as long as you don't keep pushing. You know, you push mm -hmm. and then you, you step back and you see what happens. So, you know, you've got national culture, you've got organizational culture. Mm -hmm. So it could be that even a startup in Jamaica maybe has less of this dynamic than maybe a more established company. You have mm -hmm. generational sure. culture. So maybe the, the, the young the younger workforce don't, you know, ascribe to many of these attitudes as as, as some of the senior leaders in, in, in the in the present uh, gener in the present generation, right? So there's all of these mixes that are going on, but I think we're always moving forward. And look, I don't think there's anything wrong with challenging orthodoxy. I've I've, I've always been about how can we push, how can we challenge orthodoxy, how can we you know, better to ask for forgiveness and permission, in my view. It's not always the best way forward, depending mm -hmm. on the context, but that's the that's the attitude that I've always taken. Mm -hmm. I am hoping some of the listening are watching this and saying, hmm, he just gave me permission 
to just go and, and, and confront my boss or, 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 or deal with something in, in, in the workspace. So as we're wrapping up, you've touched on empathy, you've touched on friendships at work and the whole idea of being authentic as a leader. And, and based on what you're saying, it's it even though we said work culture in terms of fostering a supportive work, I believe it can transcend other areas because the reality is that even though we do spend the bulk of our time at work, we also have a life or we should have a life outside of work. So so what what are your final thoughts on, on this as we're wrapping up, Stephen? You know, how can we really look at having a supportive work culture? I think there's one more concept to add in that, that you've reminded me of in the, on that, in those in your reflections, Noreen, mm-hmm. and that is the importance of purpose. You know, we spend a lot of time at work, as, as you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, and I think it's better if we can connect that time to some element of meaning or mm-hmm. impact or, or purpose. And, and and there's a lot written on purpose, right? And and I don't think it's about, oh my God, I haven't found my purpose. I don't, hmm. it doesn't matter. It's about asking the questions. It's about, okay, what am I doing each day? How does that have an impact on other people? How are, how are, How is this bigger than just me as an individual? How does this connect to society? And I think those are valuable questions. You know, research has been done that, um, you know, also people are more engaged if they can find meaning and purpose in their jobs. And, and that could be through three ways. It could be the company itself, yes. the mission of the company aligns with the personal mission of, of the mm-hmm. person who works there. On a second level, it could be that they personally in their job function, they find purpose and meaning. And the third thing is that the company can also give them flexibility and time outside of their work commitments to pursue their uh, purpose and meaning, for example, in another part of their life. And this could be in the local community, it could be mm-hmm. local church, it could be local volunteering or, or, or whatever it is, right? And so those three areas of meaning allow an individual, someone who works in a company to look at purpose, but it very mm-hmm. much recognizes that we have a life outside of the company as well. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that you said that because I'm here just nodding and I'm saying for, for myself, because outside of, of, of being a podcaster, I'm an educator. And one of the things why for me going to my job is not a bother is because years ago, while at grad school, I had an assignment. And, and one of the things I had to basically do was to Basically, I guess, visualize how I'd see myself. And I always, one of the things that I never forget this, and that's a long time ago, I said, I see myself as really being one to help to empower young people. And, and that is how I continue to see myself. And because of that, what I do as an educator continues to be purposeful for me. So when you're saying that, I'm going, hmm, that does make sense because it aligns with what I see as my personal mission. So it's really not a, and I've said to the young people and to some of my team members, I said, if ever I feel as if I'm not able to perform at my best, I will leave this job because I really don't think it'd be fair for those that I I relate to on a daily basis. So that is really important. And I'm hoping that somebody listening, if you're in a space that you think that, and it's, it's probably easy for us to have this conversation and say, but if I believe if you're in a space that you think you really can't give of your best, you're really not helping to foster a supportive work culture because it means that you're miserable 
and in some way you're impacting on those around you in a negative way. So thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Yes. 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 Thanks so much for sharing, Stephen. I I I loved this conversation, and and definitely will be in touch again. Yes. Thanks. Yes. 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 Thanks for sharing. This was Make It Last podcast. It's all about helping us to have better relationships, not just with ourselves, with other people. I'm Noreen Daly. Until next time. Making it loud.